Hello everyone, this is the Geek Therapy Podcast. My name is Josue Cardona. With me today is Patrick O'Connor. Um, Patrick is a psychologist I first heard about back in December when I was looking for articles to post on Geek Therapy. And the title said, Psychologist Uses Superhero Comics to Treat Patients. <laughs> and I got really excited about it. I reached out to him. And if you read the article, I mean, he doesn't just use superhero comics with his patients. He went beyond that and he went ahead and created a database, a wiki online for therapists to use so you could go ahead and look up different themes, different superheroes, and then use them in therapy. So welcome Patrick. Uh, tell us a little bit about Comicspedia. Sure, yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Um, I uh, Comicspedia first kind of popped in my head as I was um, living in and working in and around the Chicago area. I was working with kids in foster care and I was thinking of what are some creative ways that I could help them keep stay engaged in therapy. I was thinking about, you know, what are some different games we can play, um, things that we can interact with, uh, you know, together on. Um, I was doing some research on video games at the time and, and while I think that there's some promising research on um, the positive attributes of playing video games, in that setting, I had a little difficulty kind of thinking of how to integrate that and how to bring video games in. Um, but then I was thinking about the situation that these kids are in, being in foster care, that their parents, for one reason or another, can no longer care for them. Uh, maybe it's temporary, maybe it's a permanent situation. And I thought, you know, when it comes to Batman and Robin, that's their situation, where, uh, you know, Batman's, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents were killed, and Dick Grayson's parents were killed, and um, in the end, Dick Grayson ended up being a ward of Bruce Wayne, and so he was, you know, Bruce Wayne was his foster father, and I thought, you know, that's kind of an interesting dyad right there. I wonder if there are any stories that are out there about Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne that my kids could relate to. Um, maybe I could bring some comics in, we could read them together and have a little fun and, and kind of talk about some um, common issues that, that both would share, and that was just kind of, that's how it kind of got started, was, was right then and there. Did you find any? Because there's 60 years worth of uh, Batman and Robin comics. Sure, and actually when I went, um, I went to Graham Crackers in Naperville, it's their flagship store where they have the uh, largest selection of back issues uh, they claim in the Midwest, and I don't doubt it. Um, they have just endless rows of long boxes of old comics that just go the entire length of the store. Um, I'm showing a picture right now that, that it's just, it's about a hundred thousand back issues of comic books. And it's, and I walk in there and I think like, well, I know these guys have a lot of comic books and that, um, you know, they, they gotta be the experts. They gotta know what to talk about. I'll ask them. So, you know, Hey guys, uh, you know, what are some Batman Robin comic books that, that show this kind of relationship? And the, the guy there kind of, kind of laughed and he said, well, good luck there. It's everywhere. Um, you're look through all the boxes, there's the Batman box, there's the Detective Comics box, there's the, the Batman Robin box, there's this and that. I mean, it's just, it, there were so many things, and, and he started recommending some stories, but I realized, like, this would be a huge undertaking. As you mentioned, it's, it's you know, um, Batman's been around for a very long time, and so there are, and you know, just countless stories that um, that really could be relevant to the kids I was working with. Um, so what ended up, what, what started just as a question ended up being um, a huge labor of love. I realized like this had to be something I had to dedicate a lot of time and effort into of combing through the issues and answering this question for myself. 
yeah. As someone who reads comics, I know that it's hard to keep track of them, even if you own them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been reading for a few years, not many years, but mm-hmm. I have. Um, you mentioned long boxes, short boxes. For those of you that don't know, that is a cardboard box where uh, you file, essentially, comic books. And usually, if, if you love your comic books, they're also in a plastic bag with a piece of cardboard inside so you keep <laughs> right. them safe. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not only a matter of looking at them, you have to take them out, take them out of the bag. So it's, it's complicated, and it is hard to keep track of them because on a comic book, you really only have a title and a picture. Right. So... Um, that's why it was so exciting that you actually went through mm-hmm. so many of them and um, you know and catalog them in that way. So even someone like me that has comic books doesn't have to go through, you know, I mean that that long box and and or, or go to the store and just go through thousands of comic books. Now I know which issue to go to. Exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly the the purpose I want Comicspedia to serve is that I was at a point where I had a question and I saw a huge way to to connect with with kids in foster care. And the question again being. Um, what comic book can I find that really highlights the dyad between uh, foster son Dick Grayson and foster father Bruce Wayne? Um, I want that question answered, but I want it to be in a clear and easy-to-use kind of way. Like, what's the quickest route to find that answer? Uh, When I realized that nothing like that existed at the time, I just thought I'd start kind of keeping track of it myself. I would just start buying random comics and uh, summarizing them, tagging them with themes that I was kind of picking up on. And I kept it initially for myself, and I thought, you know, there's got to be some other therapists out there that have a similar kind of question, and I would hate for them to go through this again. So I'll just put it on a website and, and just make it publicly available. And and, um, and over the years, it's I've gotten contacted from um, grad students, uh, current practicing psychologists and therapists, um, from teachers and administrators, people who want to use Comicspedia in, in a bunch of different ways. So it's really gotten um, uh, gotten a bit bigger than I initially thought of. You know, this is maybe something just for myself. Um, ends up being something that seems to be to really be helping quite a few people. Yeah, you made a good point that um, other therapists and other people do. I mean, superhero comics have been around for a long time, so it's understandable that other people have used them. I've used them, mm-hmm. but this makes it so much easier and it really allows other people who don't know anything about comic books and haven't um, dabbled into that can can really just talk about them especially you know when your kids and your clients are bringing that up right you know? it, no yeah totally and on Comicspedia too I, I you know it, over time this began again as, as like a cataloging of comic books but um, once I made it publicly available I thought this has to be something that's functional now it serves a different kind of purpose this isn't something that that it's like it's my creation and so therefore I know it like I know where to look and I know what to look for and I know how to use the the interface um, I wanted to I, I have to do things now for other people for people who don't know where to find comic books or how much they cost or um, maybe even how, how to navigate the website I use tiddlywiki which is wonderful freeware and really easy to use um, so I really don't need any technological know-how to make this website uh, but I still put up an FAQ slash help section where I answer questions like, what is Comicspedia? I have a video tutorial on how to use the website. Um, I have uh, a question of how often will it be updated, um, what, uh, where can I buy comic books, how much do they cost, um, including online sellers, um, and then Comic Shop Locator, how to find a store near you, um, average cost, the range of costs, I mean everything. I try to make it as well-rounded of a, of a resource as possible and there's and even other things I haven't mentioned yet that um, again it, the comicspedia.net goes beyond just 
um, the comic book database because I want people to, to be able to access the website and bring comics into therapy without contacting me. But if you want to contact me, I love talking comics and psych, so they're, they're always more than welcome to. So how yeah. do you go about using it? To yeah. say, I'm a therapist. Sure. Give me an example of how, of how I can use it. Sure. So when you, op- when you open Comicspedia um, right away, um, I, I have a brief description um, about myself and, and also about Comicspedia and what the, uh, the different ways you can browse are. Um, I keep it limited to basically three simple ways. You can browse by main character, by themes, or by demographics. Essentially, what I ask when I meet new clients is, who's your favorite superhero? And um, tell me a bit about yourself and, and what brings you in. And along those lines, I can kind of start to pull out some of these themes that come out in, in the way they talk. Some of those themes might be being different, might be deception, like maybe they feel like they're deceived, that someone's lying to them or, or cheating on them. Um, that they, uh, they, they feel kind of some role confusion. Maybe they're um, an adolescent, that's a huge issue, is uh, who am I and who am I going to be? And what am I doing to reach that who I want to be goal? Um, uh, maybe romance issues. Whatever themes start to come out in session, I, I basically I make a bit uh, a note of it. And so from Comicspedia then, I can go to, uh, I can look at, the th- look at the themes. I have 16 different themes and click on any one of them. For example, maybe I click on collaborating with others, and then out comes a list of all the different comics that are tagged with collaborating with others. And thankfully, most comic books are titled by the superhero name. So I can look at Batman, Batman and Robin, um, Hawkman, Green Lantern, New X-Men, um, and, and plus others that may be a little bit more difficult to, to figure out who, they're, who they are, like Irredeemable. Um, is a fantastic comic book, but um, but you don't know necessarily who the main characters are by the title. Um, but for, through there, you can start clicking on the different um, links to the summaries. From there, you get a summary that's roughly 300 words or less. It shows you all of the tags on the side, um, in addition to collaborating with others. For example, I clicked on Batman issue 619, and I tagged it with being different, collaborating with others, deception, difficult decisions, and a few others. This one's really a pretty big one. Um, and uh, because that was part of the Hush series. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you can go by the themes themselves, you can go by the main character, if someone says, I really love Nightwing, or I love uh, The Punisher. You can click on those and see all of the different issues that come underneath the, the different characters. And lastly, demographics, if someone's like, I don't really know much about superheroes, um, you think maybe you want to pick somebody who uh, aligns with their demographic background um, based on uh, race, sex, or age. I have those as well as kind of narrowing down of like, so here are some heroes that match that criteria. Here are some um, alien heroes even, some uh, uh, Caucasian heroes, some Native American heroes, uh, male, female, child um, heroes, young adult, adults and older adults, and so on. So um, I've got a bunch of different ways that you can begin narrowing it down. When I use it, the most frequent way that I uh, navigate the site is I click on themes. Um, because, again, the titles of the comic books so often contain the names of the heroes, so it makes it really easy. Pick out the theme, pick out the hero, and you can hit the ground running. So, okay, so it's easy to find them, and then what do you do once you find the comic books? Well, when I, when I have the comic, like, in, with Comicspedia, I own every comic book in the database, and so wherever I'm working, I have the comics on storage um, near my office, and so... Uh, when I'm about to, when I'm preparing to use them in the session, 
I will I will decide which comic books we're going to address maybe that day or the next few days or you know next few sessions and I'll head to the filing cabinet pull out the comics and um, uh, and then hold on to them maybe in the office or, or just you know prepare to use them also with the FAQ slash help section uh, people can look for comics through online retailers um, every summary I in every comic book summary I include the the title um, if it's a trade paperback, I'll put TPB, but I'll put the, the title, the year it was published, um, and and whatever else name that might be helpful. So, for example, Irredeemable, I put uh, for this issue, Irredeemable, number 19, November 2010. That's usually enough information that, that you can take that, that bit of info, go to an online retailer, or call up your local comic book store, say, I would like Irredeemable, number 19, published in November 2010. That's all they need. They'll find it. They'll see if they have it. If they don't, they'll contact their partners and see if they can find, you know, pull the issue for you. And um, if they have it, you're, you're, you know, you can get it same day. If they don't, then usually it doesn't take more than a few days or a week for comic book um, retailers, at least in my experience, um, to find to find a comic for you. You can also buy them digitally. Oh, a absolutely. Lot, a lot of comics yeah. are available digitally. You can just go to. The biggest one is comicsology.com. Mm -hmm. They're cheap. They're about two dollars. Yeah. You buy them digitally. Sometimes cheaper. Sometimes they're on sale. And it's that's instant access. You can absolutely. See them right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't use uh, digital comics in, in my sessions, but um, only because I have access to them in print. You know. But uh, I would love to hear from from others who uh, who try using uh, digital comics in their sessions. I think it's absolutely a great way because then you, not only do you save space, but you can ultimately save a lot of money too. Um, especially because like the back issues, um, you know, the rarer they are, the more expensive they're going to be. And I try to keep the cost down in that regard. I mean, after all, I'm buying all these issues. I don't want to spend 20 bucks for, you know, one old issue. Off um, of eBay. Yeah, exactly. Right. Week, yeah. right, right, right. Um, but when it comes to Comixology and, and uh, other digital comic suppliers, they'll have, you know, because that the, the paper edition is what costs them so much because it's so rare. But... Having a digital file, that's, that's you know, a couple megabytes or whatever on a hard drive. That's an endless supply of, of that, you know, decades-old comic. So it might just be two bucks or something, and, or maybe a dollar, and, and, and that's great. Okay, so comic books are really popular right now. The Avengers just made a billion dollars. Um, Spider-Man came out this summer. Batman's coming out. Everybody knows who those characters are. So it's not foreign to everyone, really. Mm -hmm. But the actual comic books, I don't know how many people actually go ahead and read comic books. So how, how does that work? Do people come to you because they, they know that you use comics and therapy? Mm -hmm. um, how do you bring it up? You know, what's that like? Yeah, uh, I, I honestly don't get um, a whole lot of people coming in who are specifically asking, asking for comic book therapy or for, you know, to use the Comicspedia approach. Um, in my office, it's decorated with tons of superhero art and figures. Um, and so it's, it's really no surprise to people when they come in that, that I like superheroes and that, uh, and I love comic books and have comics on display. Um, so part of that is that it's, it's, it does make it a bit more accessible. Um, when someone comes into an office and already sees that kind of thing, they, they have some idea of, you know, that, that I like superheroes. So me asking about superheroes or talking about comic books, they, they're, you know, clients must be thinking, Hey, that's, that's just what he's into and, and cool. I got a Simpsons chess set. Um, you know, I got a picture of me and my son that was drawn by um, uh, Roger Langridge, um, and so I've got I've got just tons and tons of stuff around here for for you know that's about me because I want to be comfortable where I work. But anyway, 
Yeah, um, I mean, I see Super Mario, the, the clock. There's action figures. So someone who yeah. likes this stuff will f- immediately feel really comfortable. I think. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It, yeah. So I, so kind of coming in with a different approach, or like what I think is a pretty fun approach with comic books, um, isn't too surprising to people. So. Uh, like I said, while people aren't coming in asking for it, when I bring it up, their response is, is largely like, okay, great, damn, sounds cool, and, and you know, we get to, uh, to reading comics pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, I want to get to know somebody and, and have them feel comfortable in this, in this room as, um, you know, as much as possible. At the same time, um, you know, when, when I first bring in comics, it doesn't seem to be much of a surprise to people, um, even if they've not heard of my approach before. Um, so the the response, especially, and I think the the popularity of superheroes nowadays certainly contributes to that. Um, as you mentioned, that that superheroes are just all over the movie theaters now. Um, new TV shows, Arrow is coming out this fall. Um, you know, so many uh, Smallville just just wrapped up recently. Saturday morning cartoons, yeah, full of superheroes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Disney now has has a bunch of like Avengers stuff. So it's. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's everywhere, and I think it really helps make superheroes themselves much more accessible and and at the forefront of everyone's like um, collective unconscious of of what's um, what's popular, what's fun, what's cool, who are role models I can look up to, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, can you run through what it would be like to use it with someone? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so, in a session, then I'll I'll hand somebody a, a comic and. Uh, based on the superhero that they like, uh, which you know that I've asked and they've told me, and um, also based on their background and what I gather to be kind of what are some things they're struggling with, but also what are their strengths? What are some things that that um, this person uh, you know really values and, and really gives them them um, resources to, to draw from? And so I'll hand them the, the comic book based on, on what's going on, and while they read, I'm I'm reading as well, and I found uh, that reading a comic book in in session uh, with a variety of different clients, a variety of different reading capabilities will generally take um, as quick as 12 minutes, um, sometimes as long as 30, with the average being pretty close around about 20 minutes or so. So you figure in a 45 to 50 minute session, um, you know, you still have the majority of the session to talk about the comic, how it applies to them, how it implies to, to where they are in life right now, what they learned about it, what how they can identify with the central characters, and where they think the story is going to go, how they can affect the story. There are so many different ways you can ask questions about um, their application of themselves into the comic book story and the characters. And on Comicspedia, for, every, for each of the 16 themes, I have three example questions. And earlier I mentioned collaborating with others, and so I can I can mention those the example questions now. So, for example, do you think character by name, so let's say Superman, would have been successful had he not had the help of another character, maybe Wonder Woman? Why or why not? Um, so do you think Superman would be successful if he didn't have the help of Wonder Woman? When we're talking about collaborating with others, if this person maybe doesn't get along well with others, and that seems to be an issue, like with a younger kid, um, maybe we'll read this comic book that has this issue of this theme of collaborating with others, and I'll ask them, so do you think Superman could have done this without Wonder Woman? Where in the story, maybe Wonder Woman, her, her involvement was paramount to the success of the success of the Justice League, or to them as a duo, um, where it spells it out pretty literally and pretty specifically that this is very important 
I'll ask the kids, so like, well, what do you think would happen if Wonder Woman wasn't there? That gives us a chance to talk about how we can collaborate with others, the importance of working with other people uh, without specifically addressing their concern yet. Because to a lot of people, especially young people, they feel kind of uneasy, like especially like around the adolescent range, they feel a bit uneasy of like, I'm going to come in and talk to the stranger all about myself and, and then what, you know? Um, so hey, let's talk about Superman and Batman. Let's talk about uh, Spider-Man and, and Nightcrawler and, and just let's talk, you know, about what they do. And all along the way, they kind of clue in of like, oh, I see what's going on, you know? And it makes it a little easier for them to say, yeah, I can, I can see, I guess there's this area that I do this when instead maybe I should be doing that. Or um, if, if, you know, if I was Superman, I probably would have approached it like this. Or maybe if Wonder Woman was in my life, she would have helped me with whatever. So it just gives us so much more to talk about that clients from their report in session feel a lot safer about. What I described is, is essentially what I call connecting with issues. Uh, the, the approach of, of using comic books in therapy, I have, I have four different ideas for therapy. Uh, the most common that I use and the one that is most dependent on the Comicspedia database is that, is connecting with issues finding issues specific to your situation that you can then learn from and, and kind of make therapeutic change um, with with working with your, your therapist. Um, I also have changing a storyline together, so that gets into a bit more of like creative arts therapy style where... Narrative uh, therapy. Yeah, narrative therapy where you're, you're working on telling a story or changing the story of let's let's make it so that this happens or that happens or what do we do if, um, if this person leaves all of a sudden. Um, and so you start talking about the, the story itself. Um, the third is that you can create an entirely new superhero or supervillain set. So create your own Justice League, call it something else. Create your own Avengers and call it something else. And have, have a bunch of heroes or maybe just one hero. Create some villains and a base and, and whatnot. That's always so telling with clients when they Absolutely. start making their, their own superpowers and their villains and right. all that. Yeah. yeah, does the person gravitate towards making the villain? Does the person gravitate towards making the, the hero? What does that tell you about them? Um, and their background. For some people, it maybe doesn't mean a whole lot because they just think it's fun and, and goofy and silly. And for other people, you know, maybe it's because they, they don't have a lot of self-confidence. Maybe they feel like they've always been on the end of, of negative talk of, you know, this is wrong with you. Why don't you fix this? When are you going to get over this? Um, and things like that. And lastly, then you can create a comic book. So you're essentially using, um, it, it's, it's a bit of a progressive order where you can begin connecting with issues changing storylines, creating characters, and then it can all culminate into creating a comic book together or asking them to create a comic book at home. Using the heroes and the villains that they've created and thinking about the stories that they've read in comic books and using what they applied um, in therapy themselves, now let's tell your life story or let's tell a story using the characters that you created. And that can be really huge to watch that unfold, especially if you get the time in session to talk about the creative process. I once had a client who said, um, you know, oh, I used to, he was like 17, he was a gang member, and he said, oh, I used to, um, you know, like draw heroes and draw, you know, characters with, with a friend when I was younger. And I said, well, let's, let's try, try it out again. Let's bring it back. And so he starts creating these characters, and, and after reading comics, we were reading Irredeemable together, he realized that he could give the characters a lot more depth, which was, which was like, energizing for him, of like, oh, now that I'm older, I can really do a lot with these characters and give them backgrounds and, and character transformations, personalities. At the same time, he was kind of realizing how much of himself he was putting into the characters of, 
you know, well, this one, this one used to be the friend, but I guess he's not really that much of a friend anymore because he's making some bad decisions. He's he's involved in the gang, but this guy wants to make a change, so he, he doesn't want to be part of the gang. So how's he gonna? Are they gonna you know work that out? Um, in the end, he he this this young man was using superheroes, comic books, um, the application of his life story to this creative endeavor that resulted in his own exploration of who am I and where am I going, which again is a huge, huge issue for, for teenagers um, from any background. Um, so in that way we use the stepwise approach uh, one through four of how do we do this so that we can enact change. And it was it was absolutely huge for him. He left the program that we were both involved with seeming as though he was energized to make change in his life. And that was that was all we could work you know, all that we could hope for, given the, the limitations of the program, is a it was a residential treatment center for um, for kids involved in, in uh, gang activity. Seeing him in such high spirits as he was leaving, and and working through the program and doing what he was supposed to, and making progress more quickly, um, after getting involved with uh, you know with our time together, it was it was just so rewarding to see uh, what he was able to do with his life after that. Um, Talk about making comics. Yeah. Have you ever had sure. any sort of group or camp or anything like that where you, mm-hmm. um, where that's kind of the goal, where you want um, kids or clients or anyone to, to create comics? Yeah, at Southeast Psych, we made a uh, comic book camp for the summer. Uh, it ran just for three days and three hours each day, but it was it was geared for um, for teens and and, um, and and kids like roughly uh, ten to to fourteen years old. Um, who were interested in, in making comic books, making superheroes, making anything they wanted. Um, really, we, we tried to make it as, as uh, open-ended as possible. I understand not everyone likes superheroes and not everyone makes superhero comic books when they want to make comic books. Um, but we said, you know, have at it, you know, do whatever. But it was all within the framework of uh, social skills and developing insight at least to the to the best ability that a kid maybe in middle school can but I mean you're at they're at that age where they're maturing and they're certainly going to start developing some level of insight so we're really encouraging that through character exploration character creation creative activities things like that and I use some of the um, activities in Scott McCloud's book making comics uh, which is a fantastic wonderful book all about making comic books and, and it is a comic book itself which is just brilliant and uh, he has a bunch of practice activities in there a bunch of games um, where he touches on um, how to work on making a storyline how to refine um, character selection for a scene um, all these different things and we, and we took them and made them um, a bit more accessible to kids of that age group um, and we just had them essentially kind of playing drawing games all the time but it was all gravitating towards the the ultimate creation of of a series of comic strips that that were the were the beginning stages of a comic book um in in the limited amount of time as we had we were not we didn't set out a goal of saying let's make a 24 page you know comic book or whatever from beginning to end it was more of let's get let's get things going and these kids can can take it home and just run with it and just keep going with it. Um, the kids really seem to love it. Um, they when we ask them uh, for you know what are some some feedback things that we can change about this going forward, they all said uh, make it longer. 
um, make it, uh, you know, have more days, longer days, like we're sad that it's over, we don't want it to stop. I mean, that was a consistent message across the board. So kids really, really seem to love it. And it was cool seeing them bring all their different creations together. So some of the activities that we had in our comic camp, um, uh, we, again, we borrowed from Scott McCloud's Making Comics book. And uh, one of them was um, perspectives, where on a six-panel sheet of paper, uh, each child would draw a simple standing figure in the first box. They would then have a friend decide what the character will do in panel two, and the, the first child would draw it themselves and notice what they have to change. Essentially, I'm going to draw a simple standing figure. Maybe, Josue, you say, uh, let's have that figure um, find a penny. So what do I have to do to the next panel to begin that process of finding a penny? How do I, do I just show them looking at it? Do I show them walking up to it? Do I show them being surprised? Do I need a lot of background stuff? Do I, like, what do I need to do with that? Um, and then you would have, and then this way you'd have your own character and I would say, uh, I want your character to do this in the next panel. And then you would draw it. And this would um, offer not only an opportunity for us to practice communication skills, but also to kind of learn about perspectives as the, as the activity is titled, where I might say, I want to see your person jumping, but what I picture in my mind of jumping may not be at all what you put down. Just by me saying that to you, there's going to be some translation of that, of I'm picturing a stick figure maybe like halfway up in the panel and he's got his arms up in the air, whereas maybe you've got him leaping in a more forward direction. He's leaning forward and is, is like he's got hands behind him and, you know, like movement lines or something. And I just said, draw, draw him jumping. That's, that's what you did, but that didn't match up to what's in my mind. And it's kind of like, well, I wonder how other people could misunderstand me. When I feel like it makes sense, that's one thing. But when I, but how do I make it so that other people make sense what I'm trying to say as well? Um, so just a simple drawing activity like that, we did that a few times, and, and the kids really seem to love that, of how do you explain to someone else what you are envisioning? Um, huge for kids in middle school. Um, you know, it's also really interesting because I'm... Real comic books, a lot of them have a writer and an artist. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a writer draws kind of a script and, and has the ideas of what they want. And then the artist goes and makes whatever they interpret that to be yeah. is actually what they put on the page. Right. And I've heard writers and artists talk about how, well, this is what I wrote and this is what he decided to put down. And sometimes they, they change things a little, but they're still collaborating on this one story. So it can teach kids also, listen, how these books that you love, this is actually how they're really made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, even the pros, there's going to be this kind of you know, that it didn't go in the direction I thought, or I loved the way it went instead. It's, it's you know, there's going to be that miscommunication at the pro level, people who've done it for decades and, and are, yeah, absolutely the, the best in the field and experts in it. But um, And it's an analogy yeah. for anything, really. I mean, any type right. of work, any type of job when you're in the future, and you have to work with other people. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, okay, yeah, one we call um, comparing memories. Uh, we would encourage the kids to draw a bicycle, scissors and a PlayStation controller from memory and compare it with others. Uh, we'd ask how do those drawings differ? Whose drawing do you like the most and how might you change yours? Um, another question we might ask is what is something you felt was important to include in your drawing that you see as lacking in someone else's? Something as complicated as a bicycle. Some people might draw the seat, some people might forget the seat, some people might draw the gears and the chains, some people might forget that as well. Some people might put spokes in the wheel or, or not in others. Uh, make it big or small. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's something that we've all seen and we've all ridden a bicycle. We have a general idea of what it looks like and how it functions. When you get 
you know, six or eight different people each drawing a bicycle and comparing, you're going to have six or eight very different drawings. Um, so kind of comparing what's, what's my thought of what a bicycle looks like and how does that compare to yours, it also starts to highlight the differences of how we think um, and how we, how we can communicate with one another. Um, so again, that, the comic book camp we had for kids just to, just to play around and, and to, to have all these different drawing activities and open up conversations for us to have with one another using comic book foundations um, to, to, to make it more approachable for, for kids in middle school. You obviously like comic books. I mean, yeah. and and you see value in them, which is which is really what we're talking about here. Other than just being a fan, mm-hmm. you see that you can use them for all of these different things. Yeah. So, what got you into comic books? What what was it about them that caught your eye? Yeah, um, that's that's a tough question because the the short answer is Comicspedia got me into comic books. <laughs> um, the the longer answer is that I. I picked up my first ones for the database for Hawkman and Steel. I don't know why, but those were the first ones I, I just went to in the long boxes and, and just started pulling out ones in, in issue, like um, sequential order, and, um, and reading those. And I thought it was interesting when I noticed that they were both heroes of, um, of like non-white backgrounds, that they weren't just, you know, the Superman or Batman, that they weren't kind of at least the ones that you would see most frequently in uh, movies, TV shows, things like that. I thought, wow, these guys have really cool backgrounds, really cool stories, really cool different ways of, of, uh, of behaving, at least of what I what I understood just from my own um, uh, consumption of, of more like the, the visual media of TVs and movies. Um, but after that, I, I picked up Irredeemable. And when I read that book, that was the, the moment that I realized that there was something to what I was doing, that I was getting into being able to see that the complexity that somebody could uh, could create, not only in script writing uh, for what Mark Wade did, but with Peter Krause's um, art style of showing this almost angelic superhero of the the brightest whites and the, the shiniest smile and this the, you know the plutonian was such a wonderful superhero and seeing all that brightness and and happy times in the past and the contrast of how um it all it, it was like it was so dark when when things were bad when plutonian what turned evil and turned into a supervillain for people who don't know about yeah. it it's irredeemable yeah. it's a story about a superman like character mm-hmm. who essentially gets fed up and then turns into a bad guy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And and just the the complexities of it just blew me away and I thought this is this is like so many clients that I have. You know, I know it was the the question was initially Batman and Robin and fought the kids in foster care and but I wasn't necessarily using the comicspedia approach. It was at least of like summarizing and tagging. I was just kind of bringing comics and let's read them and, and talk about them. Just give us kind of something fun to do. Um, but kind of the deliberate focus of now I've got to track this and I've got to find themes. And I want to make it make it work and make it something that's that's somewhat tangible at least. To have this kind of database and to say this is, here are the themes, here are the things I can search for and to catalog it all. Um, that began with Hawkman and Steel, but it was Irredeemable that was the first kind of comic that was like, this is huge. This is going to be something because this is 
something that so many people can relate to that I know people are going to connect with and be blown away by it. it. It sucked me into the story, and I couldn't wait to see others get sucked into it, too, of, you know, of how exciting it can be, but also how much we can relate to all these various moments. Times past where Tony felt wronged when he was younger. I've been there, and everyone's been there. Um, you, we can see that in just a couple of pages, or even a few panels. He's in how, foster care. I mean, yeah. he goes through all these situations. Right, he's in foster care. He feels... There's a horribly tragic, uh, really, really sad moment in the story where he um, meets up with his family and and um, talks of, talks with his former like foster siblings about how they had a sibling with special needs and his response or his experience was essentially, I have all of these powers, I have all of these things I can do, I can I can move houses, I can, you know, freeze lakes, and I can run fly. fast, I can fly, I can do all of these different things. And here's someone who is completely dependent on your care. Why is it that you've shown him more love over all the all of these years than you've ever shown me? And, I mean, that's that's such a difficult question to ask and to, and to answer. And what progresses in the story of, is, again, absolutely just horrific and, and, and um, and extremely depressing, but, uh, but yeah, all these stories, all these moments of time that he's gone through in his life, it's nice because in a story perspective, there's so much reflecting going on. It's all relevant and it moves the story along very well, but there's so much reflecting going on that they really learn a lot about someone's life in a short period of time to where it's like, I've been there, I've been there, or I can imagine being there, or that's going to be really hard. I can empathize with that. I can relate to that. Um, there's so many of those moments all throughout Irredeemable, and like I said, every issue was like, this is just a Comicspedia goldmine. This is exactly why, this is what I want to do and why I want to do it. Um, so, Comicspedia got me into comic books, but Irredeemable kept me. Kept me on comic books and kept me on, on the work um, and, and staying focused on, on knowing that this can be something at the early stages, which is, which is paramount to getting anything off the ground. Are there any comics you would recommend to someone who doesn't know about comics or even isn't a fan necessarily? Yeah, um, I actually just recommended to somebody here at the office. Uh, I just passed along the newest um, series of Batman uh, by Scott Snyder and, and Greg Capullo. He, um, uh, this is somebody who's not read comics since he was a kid. He knew I was into comics, and I get that question a lot. You know, people at the office have a lot of uh, you know, questions of I used to be in comics, but I'm not anymore. So what's good now? Um, so in this case, I gave him uh, the first four issues of Batman, and it was like before I could get home that night, he texted me and said, "I need the others because yeah. I got through them," you know. Yeah. So, um, so I'm sure he's already done now. But um, yeah, Batman is absolutely amazing. It's it's very dark and very gritty. It's you know not for the faint of heart. I would say it's um, definitely recommended for teens and above. It's not graphic necessarily or gory, but it's I mean it's got some some mature tones. So. Um, that's something I would recommend to, to anyone, really, especially someone who loves Batman, age like roughly 14 and up or 15 and up. If they like the um, most recent movies, I think they would definitely like absolutely. the new series of Batman. Absolutely. Um, the other one, which actually is gory, sadly, um, but is just absolutely brilliant comic, is Invincible. Um, that is just so wonderful, so awesome. That's, some, that's a comic about um, a boy named Mark who who's the son of a Superman-like hero, um, 
you know, but but his dad is just kind of like that's his job, that's what he does. And in the beginning, Mark is looking up to him and saying like, "Can't wait to get my powers." Then one day he does, and he said, "Finally." So he has to learn how to train his powers, how to get better at it. It's like a muscle. He has to fly a lot to fly faster and to fly fly better, um, to, to be more agile and change quickly. And so it's really cool that over time you can watch this hero change so much. This this young person, um, you know, develop their their powers, and it's such a, a great um, display of what teenagers go through. Of now I you know. You start with a kid, you can kind of do anything. You bounce off walls, you do whatever, you kind of scrape your knee, and you're playing around having fun. But then it becomes like an adult's body. It gets big, and it goes through changes, and you can do a lot more with it. You can reach things you couldn't before. And so what do you do with that? And you have different responsibilities. Now I can drive myself around town. I don't have to ask for rides all the time. You know, Invincible just shows all of that. So it's a really, really wonderful comic. Again, as I mentioned, it's extremely gory, <laughs> but the art, the art is wonderful. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, that is a great comic, uh, I would say, for anyone um, probably 16 and older. Um, it's it's uh, just wonderful. Invincible from Image Comics is, is just a, a great, great comic. And I, as an added bonus, um, it's the only comic that my wife will read <laughs> of anything that I read. <laughs> And uh, there was another girl here at work who was asking me the same thing. What are some comics uh, you know that I should read? And I said, oh, maybe you know, Invincible is probably pretty good. And and she went through the first ten trade paperbacks, which adds up to sixty issues of comic books, which is what is it, uh, twelve hundred pages or so. Um, she went through in a matter of like two or three weeks. She just just blitz right through it, and. Um, uh, so again, yeah, Invincible's great for, for guys, girls, um, you know, teenage and up. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. For people who know what The Walking Dead is, mm -hmm. um, the author of The Walking Dead, which is now a TV series, but it's also a really famous comic book, he also writes Invincible. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I love Walking Dead, too. That's a, that's a great series. Uh, I, would, I would argue Invincible is better than mm -hmm. Walking Dead. That's just my opinion, but... Um, themes in there are, are so different, though. I mean, yeah, they're both so full of unbelievable themes of uh, mm -hmm. someone has survival, one has growth. I mean, they're right. really, really good to use it in the context that we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robert Kirkman is his strength is easily character development, and I think that's what makes his comics so good. Is that you are you get to know the characters as people. They're fictional, and it's one of those things where it's it's almost unbelievable how fictional they are it's because it's like i want these people to exist <laughs> like why can't i just go find you know even if superpowers aren't possible like i want to find rick grimes or i want to find mark grayson i want to find these people and just say like oh you're that person cool how's it going yeah. whatever but no they're just little drawings and just someone's imagination um but yeah no robert kirkman is awesome at creating characters and, and creating personal stories um and so yeah that's absolutely where he shines in, in both uh, invincible and walking dead so, we talked about how, I mean, some recommendations for people who, who don't necessarily know about comics, but don't necessarily like them yet. Right. right. I mean, there's so many different types of comics, there's really something out there for uh, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we talked about how Comicspedia is really, can be so useful for, in, in our case, right, a, a psychologist, a therapist, someone who is working with clients that has all these issues. Mm -hmm. Who else can use Comicspedia? Uh, I've been contacted by educators, you know, teachers, administrators, um, uh, people who want to bring comics into the classroom. 
um, I've I helped bring it into um, the residential treatment facility I mentioned earlier, uh, where they have kids from really troubled backgrounds and they want them to have something, you know, they want to encourage kids to read and they're having a hard time getting them hooked on classic literature, which is what the school requires essentially for, you know, because they're still going to school while they're in this program. Um, so I said, well, here are some really great comics, you know, bring that in instead and, and you know, make it more of an optional read, but you can still talk to them about it. Maybe have some, you know, like pick something and give us a paper on it or whatever, but you can still have your choice of X-Men or Batman or Superman or what have you. Um, so comics can be huge to bring, to enhance literacy and to increase that energy around the love for reading. Um, yeah, so, so teachers can use it, um, absolutely. The, the thing about Comicspedia as a website, again, is I try to make it easy to use. It's I try to make it robust um, and rich with information, but at the same time, easy to navigate, easy to find what you need. And with um, with 275 individual issues of comic books and always growing, you're going to find something in there that's relevant. Um, teachers can address issues of being different or abusing power, collaborating with others, making difficult decisions. You can bring these themes into the classroom and, and, and um, engage students in conversations um, about these topics. So I think Comicspedia is absolutely um, accessible and, and, uh, and helpful for um, teachers as well as therapists. Um, parents might be able to find some use in it um, if they want to open the conversation, those conversations with their kids as well, um, they're absolutely welcome to. I mean, it's it's a, you know, it's a public domain. But um, I would say that the the people who would find it most useful in their professions would be therapists and teachers. So undoubtedly, somebody is going to ask, "Where is the research to back this up? How do you know that this works? Like, what do you tell people who ask that question?" Well, Comicspedia is based, and using comics and therapy is based on. Um, a well-researched uh, creative arts therapy approach. We see this in, in drama therapy, um, traditional art therapy, dance therapy, music therapy. Um, the step-by-step -step method that I list out follows those guidelines of how you gradually integrate um, creative expression into therapy in order to explore um, your own issues and, and your own personality, your own psyche, and, and all of that. Um, there currently isn't any research on using comics as a tool in therapy. However, I'm, I'm currently working on changing that and um, be, uh, I'm in the earliest stages of developing some research on the effectiveness and to, and to answer that question, to be able to explore it. Additionally, I conducted uh, an informal study um, at uh, Southeast Psych, which is one of the largest group private practices in the country. We've got about 30 uh, professionals, 30 experts in psychology, uh, mostly most of which are at the doctoral level, um, who see clients at a, at, a, at a wide range of backgrounds. And um, I asked about uh, 15 kids uh, for uh, to answer some questions about Superman and Spider-Man. I gave them a picture of Superman and Spider-Man with just a, a few questions, uh, some blanks for them to fill in including who is this here's a picture so so tell me can you tell me just by looking at them who are they um, use three words to describe this person write down one fact you know about this person and then lastly 
did you or do you read comics? Real simple little questionnaire. One for Batman, or I'm sorry, one for Superman, one for Spider-Man. And the, uh, the kids, despite having backgrounds of largely not reading comic books, came up with some really interesting results. First, 100% of them, every single one of these 15 kids could name Superman and Spider-Man just by looking at them. That's pretty huge for recognition. 15 yeah. random kids, here's a picture of each one, and to say, I know that's Superman and that's Spider-Man. That's big. Um, with Superman, we saw, um, uh, we had eight matching descriptors and eight unmatched descriptors. What this means is, uh, when it came to the question of use three words to describe this person, we had eight w different words that, that there was some agreement with. Uh, for example, strong was the most common, that 13 out of 15 kids uh, said that he was strong. Um, five had said he was heroic, three said brave, and there were, there were some others too. Um, eight were unmatched, so there were, those were some one-off ones, um, like tall, maybe, you know, like they didn't match up. Nobody else said that it was tall except for that one kid, um, but there were, you know, eight of those, so that was kind of even. Um, also with Superman, we had a broad selection of, like, write down one fact. This was kind of the story piece, so write down three descriptors, uh, which would be three words, essentially, versus what's a fact. Now, this is kind of the story. What do you understand about Superman? And when I took all of the, the facts together and I put, them, I put them into one paragraph, and this is everything, all-inclusive that they said, um, th this is the story I got of Superman for 15 kids. Superman was born on the planet Krypton. He becomes weak when exposed to kryptonite, and he is also known as Clark Kent. He can fly, has x-ray vision, and can shoot lasers with his eyes. Superman has fought robots and broken bricks with his bare hands. He is a very good fighter. It's a pretty good story of Superman. You know, get 15 kids. Now, with Spider-Man, we had six matching descriptors, but 16 unmatched. So, meaning, there was a lot of disagreement about who Spider-Man is. They kind of, there's a lot of, kind of like, I don't know really what he does or, or who he is or, or, you know, here are some things that maybe other people aren't aware of. Uh, the most frequent were strong. Four kids said that. Uh, he climbs. Four people said that. Three kids said that he was brave and, and so on. Um, so when it comes to uh, unmatched, again, there, there was like just a huge amount of variance that when it comes to understanding who Spider-Man is, what his powers are and all that, um, and one more descriptors, kids were kind of all over the place with that. Um, Interesting. Uh, and uh, and then lastly, the facts. When it came to writing it down, there, that was really condensed. There was there was not much written about it, aside from Spider-Man can shoot webs and climb buildings. He was bitten by a radioactive spider to gain his abilities, and now he is a good fighter. Much shorter than the Superman description. It's accurate, but when it comes you know between characters, like not only do do the kids all know who these characters are. But they know their backgrounds, they know their stories, they know their powers. They know so much about who these heroes are, these 15 kids. Again, random selection uh, through, through people at the office. And I think it's really telling of how much superheroes are on our minds and how much we know about them. For therapists or educators who are uncertain whether their students or, or clients will connect with superheroes, I would encourage them that based on my experience, as well as the outcome of that unofficial study, that I would encourage them to absolutely do it because people, people, we know superheroes, people know and love them, and 
know so much more about them, and they're a lot more accessible, I think, than, than some people may think or realize. I think anybody who yeah. works with kids um, knows and has had the experience mm -hmm. when, you know, superheroes come up. Absolutely. Yeah, right, exactly. I've, you know, I had, I used to work at a, at a, at a mental health clinic, and all the kids used to talk about superheroes, mm -hmm. and some of the social workers who were there really didn't know what they were talking about. There was a lot of Dragon Ball Z talk and a lot of uh, Batman talk, mm -hmm. and I would get really specific into things with them. Like, which episode did you see? Oh, what was this? What was that? And and they would oh, they would open up so much because you're talking about something that they really really like. Right, right. And then you also have. I remember I had a supervisor who, one day she asked me, well, what is you know I have this one client who's talking about the Hulk, mm -hmm. right? Like he he feels like the Hulk. I mean, to me as a as a as someone who knows the character. I'm assuming that he's angry, you know, or he feels like he's losing control or people are after him or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's really great to explore and yeah. and that's the language that they're using. So, you know, what you're saying is absolutely true. I mean, these kids, this is something that they know and it's so easy to, to talk to them using that language. Yeah, exactly. Some of the best advice I got in grad school from, um, uh, from a professor was, that if you're going to be working with kids of any age, you know, roughly teenage and younger, um, you've got to be able to speak their language. And his recommendation was to watch cartoons yeah. and to watch kids' movies and to, to fig, you know, to know who these characters are. Because if you have a child come in for, you know, for therapy or counseling or what have you and says, you know, you ask, like, what do you like? Well, I like um, Ben 10, The Avengers, and SpongeBob. And some of those you might be like, okay, well, I have kind of a general idea of like that's you know superheroes, those are cartoons, and that's kind of like this or that. But I mean, if you can't name them, or if you can't even, if you're always, I mean, there's something to be said about exploring it with somebody and having having them explain it to you and how exciting that could be. Of like, I want to share one of my loves with you, but there's a, you also have to watch out for that that limiting factor of somebody who comes in and says like, you have no idea who I am, like you. As I'm supposed to talk to an adult, and you don't even know anything about any of these. I'm always having to explain myself. Um, so getting into the kid culture and being able to, to speak their language and reading comics and um, learning about who superheroes are will absolutely go a long way as superheroes continue to be so popular in movies and TV shows and all that. And not only, I don't, you don't know what I like, but do you care? You know, I think that's right. something with parents that I saw a lot. Parents didn't seem to care. You know, the kid's talking to them about Superman or Spider-Man. Well, you know, talk to me about something else. Or I'm, I'm busy. I'm over right, here. Right. And then you just listen to them and tell them, you know, yeah, tell me, what happened? Mm -hmm. What did Superman do? Yeah. What did the Avengers do this week? Yeah, right. You know, and they, they'll be so excited. And it makes such a difference. I think I think that's a, that's a message you can definitely get out to parents. Right. Act absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beyond just uh, professionals, parents, listen to your kids about these things, even if you don't like them. There's something called Wikipedia. It is fantastic. <laughs> right. Look up a superhero or a TV series, and you can actually. I mean, I think that's a great, a great tool. You just mm -hmm. get an idea of what these characters are up to, right? And you can kind of get a, a short history, yeah. And that'll go a long, long, long way. Yeah, definitely. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Patrick, if yeah. anybody wants to get a hold of you, um, so there's Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. At yep. Comicspedia. Yep. Um, how else can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can also uh, check out the Facebook page. Um, facebook.com slash comicspedia um, and uh, you can send me an email it's a pretty long email address but it's listed on comicspedia.net um, it's patrick.andrew.oconnor at gmail.com uh, O'Connor's O-C-O-N-N-O-R and um, 
but again, that my email, all of that is right on the front page. As soon as you open up comicspedia.net, you're going to see all the ways to contact me. I absolutely encourage um, current therapists, educators, graduate students, um, anybody who's at all curious or interested in using comics and therapy, please, please, please do reach out to me. Um, I love talking comics and psychology with people. and um, Or even if you just want to just talk about comics, talk about you know, the new Batman series or whatever, just kind of chat about it with a psychologist or something, or I, you know, I don't know, it's, please reach out to me. I, I love, love, love uh, talking to people about it. Absolutely. And all that information, comicspedia.net, all Patrick's information will be on geektherapypodcast.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at geektherapy. And Patrick, maybe we can come on some other time where we can talk more comics. I would love to, yeah. We can right. talk maybe some specifics or something. Absolutely. Too. Cool. Thank you. Awesome.